0: This is my husband, Noctis.
1: Hello and welcome to Rhythm Encounter episode 56, the RPG Fan Music Podcast today we're doing a special Halloween episode and we don't fully know what we're going to call it, but it's possible that we're going to actually title it ooh, ooh. <laughs> or maybe not so we'll, <laughs> but we'll, we'll figure it out um, so Halloween episodes have been kind of a tradition for the show over the years and since we've missed a few Halloweens, we didn't want to miss this one too, so we're here with some Spooky music or atmospheric music, and just other interesting things that are fitting for the season. So I'm not going to go three minutes before I do this. So I should say that I'm Mike Salvato. I'm editor in chief at RPG Fan, and if you've listened to the last few episodes, people are trying to give me a title on the show. I'm either Maestro or Mike Stro or whatever. I'm not sure that's going to stick. I don't know if I want it to stick, but we'll see. Oh. Mike Mike Stro is good. I like it. Alright, maybe it will stick Anyway, so joining me today I have three other wonderful people who are here to talk about music that will hopefully scare you um, So first we have Hilary Andruff.
2: Hi, good to be back
1: And next ooh, Who am I going to pick next? Eva, you go next
3: Hey, it's Eva Padilla
1: And Peter Treisenberg
3: Backed by
0: unpopular demand.
1: Wow, were you just waiting to say that you had that just chambered? Hey,
3: don't I call had, me. Don't call me unpopular, you jerk.
0: <laughs> I had that queued up and ready to go.
1: <laughs> well, we're off to a good start here, aren't we? All right. The best. Yep.
2: We're just getting that conflict and that intensity going.
1: Yep. All right, so as usual for an episode of Rhythm Encounter, each of us brought two songs. So we have eight songs and a bonus track today of all things that we feel are, you know, a good fit for Halloween or spooky times. So I say we get right into it, right? Sounds good. Right. And we'll actually start with Hillary. You have our first track today.
2: I do. So for my first track, I picked something a little bit older, again the ancient library from Final Fantasy V.
1: Yes. Amazingly, our first track from Final Fantasy V on Rhythm Encounter.
2: Yay, I'm glad for the representation.
1: Yeah. And then after that, I brought Baron Cornadors. Corn- uh, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> corridors made entirely out of corn. Um, I brought-
2: it's, a, it's a corn maze! It's very <laughs> fitting for this. A season. corn maze,
1: yes. <laughs> Man, I really miss the corn maze area in Time Spinner. (laughs) Um, Way better
2: than the candy corn area.
1: Yes. So I brought Baron Corridors from Time Spinner. A Metroidvania action RPG came out a couple years ago that everyone should play. So let's jump into those now. Listen to some Final Fantasy V and some Time Spinner and talk about them.
2: So Ancient Library is a really fun trek because it sets that Halloween mood of being kind of in a spooky manner, searching around. That's what I really, really liked about it. It kind of feels like you're lost and sneaking around corners. And then there's that nice little interlude that kind of makes you feel like, oh, I found something in the spooky place.
1: And what did you find?
2: Books. Lots of cool books.
1: (laughs) Why? Why is Tom Cruise in Final Fantasy V?
2: Okay.
0: Does you said sneaking? Does that does that does that um, main riff it, the main like sound in the beginning of the library of great ancient library? I'm sorry, it sounds a lot like the Mission Impossible theme.
2: Oh, that's true. Do
0: do do. Actually, yeah. But it like but then it but then it doesn't do the da da instead it keeps going. Yeah. But no, I like it. It's very ethereal. That's true. Um, it, it's like a very this seems like the kind of background music that would play while you're like skulking around trying to go unseen.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's not just the tie to Mission Impossible. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it really it really does fit that fit that vibe. Although honestly, knowing Uematsu, I would not be surprised that man that man likes his musical inspirations and he likes like I mean, like, I I feel like um yeah, he would not be above making intentional references. Making like
2: a, a nice slower intentional version. Of the Mission Impossible like, theme, that it's so spooky. Yeah,
1: just sneaking it <laughs> he in
0: heard, there. He heard,
3: he heard that, and he was like, "Hmm, yes, good, but what if?" But it it does carry kind of those strong um, melodic capabilities that Uematsu tracks basically always do. Um, I feel like it really, I feel like this really exemplifies a lot of the early Uematsu works. Mm-hmm. Like you have the you have the strong melodic sensibilities, but still carrying like some menace in uh in kind of the spook the spookiness of it and the the percussion has the the percussion is really playful it's got sort of that impish quality to it um that i think he does really well that is
2: definitely one of the big things in my notes like winding funky tapping (laughs) like the tapping noises
0: (laughs) yeah you're right his songs his his music always has that very strong through line through it and and that and it's hard to convey atmosphere on like with chip tunes but i think the song this uh this song succeeds very well at that
2: yeah and i think it's kind of an interesting new matsu truck and that i think a lot of the through line is that kind of odd percussion like you have a notable melody like he often does but
1: yeah. right Oh, don't look at me I didn't I didn't have any interesting commentary about this one as much as you guys did I wrote down a bunch of notes that I was going to talk about how it made me think of the library in Final Fantasy 14 which I'm guessing the one in five is maybe a reference to that one because the library in I 14 it, is amazing and also has I think it is that
0: no I 100% think it is mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the enemies from the from the 14 library are ripped straight from five I, Are
3: they really? I any- know
1: some are
0: you like do, have dudes coming out of books and all yep. that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from five.
3: Okay. Yeah, that's really. Been... Oh, and and the music in the and the music in the Great Google Library in fourteen mm-hmm. is fantastic as well. You have a was it Ink Long Drive? Yes. That. Ding, ding. Yeah, kind of trip hop inspired track. Yeah. Um,
2: so spooky library is good.
3: Spooky library is good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Perfect way to kick it off. Exactly
1: although i don't i don't really mean to correct you but um i'm pretty sure the official name is the great google library
3: i will fight you (laughs) (laughs) it is google and you know it or maybe it's (laughs) Hubel.
1: i don't know i mean if you go i i think you should go on the game and just pull random people and see and you will get google library
3: Just because the masses call for it does not mean it is correct, Mike. Oh, jeez. Well, when you put it like that, okay. Just like completely antithetical to everything I believe in. Moving on. (laughs) Okay.
2: Maybe the one from five can be one and the one from 14 can be the other.
1: Maybe. All right. I think it's time to move on before I upset people. So let's Fair. let's talk about Time Spinners Corn Maze now.
0: <laughs> T- T- Time Spinners Corn Maze sounds like it's something from Aladdin, kind of. Really. I don't know. For some reason, I got kind of a Middle Eastern vibe coming from this song. The way it kind of start, the way it starts out, it's got, I don't even know how to describe that sound. It's very like twangy.
2: Now that you mention it. I can kind of picture the old like Super Nintendo or Genesis Aladdin game slightly, okay, and, and it's okay. fun. Um, I think
3: I think it's reminiscent of the music in the Cave of Wonders in uh, in Aladdin the, the yeah. actual movie.
0: Yeah, like it would feel very. This would not feel out of place there at all. Like that's yeah, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. I don't know what instrument even they would call it. I mean, it sounds like it's like someone's got like a tambourine or something, but.
2: There's a sort of harpsichordy bit that is very twangy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, <laughs> yes,
1: that one.
0: But, but then the but then the piano kicks in and it suddenly gets a lot more somber and ethereal. Yeah. And I really dig
2: I like it. how there are both of those things in it. It it makes for some uh-huh. good transitions.
3: It's kind of it kind of has like three distinct um, moods to it that are based around. The strength of the, instru- of the instruments. You have that sort of harpsichord giving it a, like a Baroque sort of mm-hmm. feel. And as you mentioned, the summerness of the piano, but also that guitar. Yeah. It's totally, that guitar is like totally 80s Steve Vai sort of stuff. Like it's, I wish I love I think it's such a cool decision to put that into it. I wouldn't, um, yeah, I
2: would not picture 80s yeah. rocking guitar in the Bering Corridors, but it works. Mm
3: hmm. I think, I think that speaks very much to like that sort of uh, Michiru Yamane, cast, like late 90s, early 2000s Castlevania music as well. Yeah. Because that's totally a, an instrumental decision that she would have made.
1: Right. And I think there is a lot of that in Time Spinner, which I, I try not to emphasize too much, but, you know, if you play Time Spinner, there's definitely some influences of Symphony of the Night and later games in there so mm-hmm. i know i'm sure the soundtrack was partially inspired by that but i don't mean to say that to take away from what time spinner has and what jeff ball did in that music
2: yeah let's give him credit for mm-hmm. being able to emulate it well without
1: oh yeah yeah
2: copying yeah. or anything
1: exactly no it doesn't it's reminiscent of it but i'm not i'm not saying it oh yes mm-hmm. it sounds just like it mm-hmm.
0: um, right right it also sounds a bit like something out of Yeez, uh, weirdly enough to me. I don't know. I don't know if that's just because of the the, the the melody and how like I don't know. For some reason, this reminds me of an area from uh, Oath and
2: maybe it's the guitar. It's the guitar. It's, it's the totally guitar. Totally the guitar. It might be the
0: guitar. I think Falcom. I think Fal- Falcom has conditioned me to associate them with guitars.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I hope it. Landed for everyone else, too, in, in terms of, like, the theme of this episode, because I knew I wanted something from Time Spinner because I love Time Spinner. And there's this, I can't remember where it plays, but there's, in the game, there's this, you know, obviously there's this group of, like, evil people and stuff that you're trying to, like, oh, I can't remember what it is. The, the castle or the stronghold or whatever their base is that you're infiltrating. I feel like it's maybe related to that. So, at least to me, because I'm picturing it there. And because of this... Some of the parts of the song are more somber or tense or something. I can't really figure it out. Like, part of it almost kind of feels oppressive. But I don't know if that's really the music itself. Or because I know the story of the game. So, it it kind of gives me this sense of this, this danger that's kind of out there. Not like right behind you. Those are the songs that are coming up next. Um... Yes. But just that there's something there, and it's like kind of like a dangerous place that you're in.
2: Yeah, section one exploring dangerous areas without imminent danger. Yes, <laughs> dangerous, forgotten places.
1: Anyway, so that's why. That's why it's here.
2: I would definitely say that landed. Like, that's one aspect mm-hmm. of spooky music that's worth exploring.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I love. I love this song. I had never heard it before. I've never played Time Spinner. But as soon as I listened to it, I was like, I want to play Time Spinner. (laughs) There you go. Good.
1: (laughs) It's on everything, so. Sweet. Yeah. Alright, well, I say we get moving on to block two. So our first song in the next block is, we finally have an automata song. So uh, Peter... What do you have for us?
0: Yep. The song I've picked for this block is The Color of Depression from the Near Automata official soundtrack by Keiichi Okada.
1: Good choice. Brilliant. And definitely something within our coverage. Um, So I'm doing something that might not really be in our coverage, but uh, I'm doing it anyway. So the song after that is Voices. From Elemental Gearbolt, which is a game with RPG elements, so, eh, whatever. It fit the theme, so it's here.
0: As I said i never heard of this game before, but I'm 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 excited
3: to listen to the song. Same.
1: Great. All right. It's
3: a it's a cool song.
1: Let's go listen to some Near and some Gearbolt.
0: Um, so, The Color of Depression is a really interesting ch- pick on the Automata soundtrack, because as far as I know, this only plays in one specific part of the game, and it's in an optional side quest that is very easy to miss. Uh, so, and just just to uh, clarify, um, uh, near Automata, as, as I'm sure most of our listeners are aware of, it's a sci-fi... Uh, action RPG with multiple endings and you have to play through the game multiple times to get the whole story this side quest is only available on the second uh, playthrough and this is going to be a, a minor spoiler warning I'm throwing out here um, when you're playing, when it's more from 9S's perspective than 2B's Mike <laughs> you're fine <dude. laughs> but you can't see this but Mike's covering <laughs> um uh, it's more from 9S's perspective. So things are starting, this is when the, the point we in the narrative where things start to get a little, uh, more introspective. The side quest where this plays is where you have to find, you, you have to, you have to hunt down a bunch of missing, um, machine parts for one of the resistance members. Um, all the characters in this game are androids that are like trying to find their purpose in life or whatever. As you go on, you find that all of these parts that are missing are actually other the the chips from other Yorha units. Um oh. like he's um like he's he's basically salvaging um the chips that control like that are in all of the Yorha units' brains. Um and when you return that you can refuse to return them to him because because you get a message from a headquarters saying, Hey, don't do this. But, um, but if you refuse him, you can't, you can't fulfill the quest, so you give him to him. And if, you, and if this is an ordinary playthrough, you'll just leave it at that. However, if you go to the Desert Ruins later on, you will run into this NPC. He will invite you to meet his new family. His new family is another 9S unit that is mostly immobile and barely able to speak all it can say is please and then this song kicks in
1: oh dear
3: yeah Oh God. <laughs> i i missed that i missed that in my playthrough. it is and ow. Ow. ow it is it is
0: yeah it is horrifying and it's and like i said that this i'm pretty sure this piece is only for that side quest because, yeah, it, and because a big part of these, this game is the existential horror of these machines that were made to be made for war, made to be disposable, becoming more human and learning about and learning about, like, how to process emotions and feelings. So you've, they've essentially had this situation where one of the androids is basically they're, they're a vegetable. They're trapped on against their will and not able to elucidate what's happening to them it's yeah it's really really unsettling
3: i think i think that i think this song fits it perfectly because it's so it's so jarring it's such an alien sounds um it like and and the title of it being the color of depression like the song itself moves very little Mm -hmm. um which you know you know depression sometimes things don't really move much you know um and there's this there's the synth that goes through it that's kind of the only thing that changes and at various points in it it sounds to me like it sounds like a human voice um it sounds like a brass instrument and then it sounds like something completely artificial and that's just from Basically, just tweaking a little bit of it, or it being played slightly differently, mm-hmm. that it takes on these different forms, um, and I think that's something Keiichi Okabe is just a master of, of kind of the the tension lying between uh, the physical human voice and this artificiality.
0: Yeah, know that's that's a really great um, summation of of the the song and these themes, Eva. Um, I agree 100%. Uh, and, and it really is, too. Because, like, yeah, again, with the title... I mean, it's hard... It, I mean, it's, it's, it is it's it is one of those things where, like, when you, if you're suffering from depression, a lot of the time you've got this, like... You're kind of languid. Like, you have, like... uh you, you don't... You have this... You might want to go out and do stuff. Or, like, you're even aware that, like, you have chores that need to be done or friends you should check in on or all this stuff. But you just
2: can't yeah that's a lot of, a lot of my notes were along those lines as well because the the interesting synth changes that Eva pointed out kind of felt to me like those external factors maybe like kicking in and changing a little bit but you don't fully register it and it's just really fascinating to me how there's no melody to speak of in the song like Eva mentioned it's it's pretty flat
1: Yeah, and so
2: so the majority of my notes were actually one word, which is anhedonia. This kind of sums up the song. It's kind of like a lack of being able to feel pleasure. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, that that's perfect.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, very very well said.
3: This is
1: supposed to be like creepy music, guys. Not like let's all I don't know.
0: Let's all go to. Th- okay, so n- next on Rhythm Encounter, our therapy session. <laughs> we
3: already did th- Well, we already did on another episode, on another podcast. Yeah. God, do we all just need more therapy <laughs> sessions? Probably. Probably. I'm
1: seeing, After
2: this. I'm
0: seeing a new doctor tomorrow, you guys. Well,
2: <laughs> let's just say well, this. Oh, is... yeah, therapy
0: tomorrow.
2: <laughs> let's just say this is a very good look at something that can, in a lot of ways, be concerning and fit with our theme. Yeah. And it exemplifies it really well, which is kind of that internal
1: struggle. Right. Right.
0: Absolutely. Plus, just kind of the body horror aspect of the side quest. Like, mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was very appropriate for. Hollywood, yeah. So
1: now I got to decide if I actually want to do that side quest. Now.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm just just again, there's a, there's a guy in the city who's going to ask you for some computer chips. Be be cautious.
1: Okay. Well, now I now I know what's coming. So we'll see. All right, so I mentioned this a little bit. I'm probably cheating a little, bringing on something from Elemental Gearbolt, but I'm banking on the fact that hopefully a lot of people don't know what it is. I don't know who here even knew what it was before today, but...
3: Yeah, I have never heard of this. (laughs) No idea what this is. Well, okay, I've listened to it now, so I know what it is. Yes, now.
1: I'm a little fortunate because when my brother and I were younger one of the more common stops in any of the arcades we would go to is whatever light gun game was new at the time, whether it was the latest House of the Dead or Time Crisis or something. So the light gun shooter games were a big thing in our house, and Elemental Gearbolt was one of them. And it's... I oh shoot. I don't remember the developer offhand, but it, it's a game Working Designs brought out here. And, you know, Working Designs normally, mostly... They brought out RPGs, but sometimes they'd also just bring over things that were weird and they thought were worth, you know, introducing to the West. And for whatever reason, this was one of them. So it's it's a first-person on-rail shooter with a light gun, but it has an experience system and a leveling system. And I don't think there's much more to the RPG than that, to be fair. Um, but one thing that is interesting about it, not really related to the music, but, you know, you know me. I talk about the game and then the music. Is that you get a score, like most shooter games, and at the end of a stage, you can choose to either keep that as your score or delegate some of it to experience. So if you're trying to get a high score, you don't level yourself up. Um, Or you go the other way and get stronger, but then your score at the end is worse. So there's this weird strategy of, like, how strong do I want to be or how many points do I want? No, not your typical RPG kind of strategy, but I, I thought it was a really interesting mechanic.
2: And I have, I have one burning question. Yes. This is a very ethereal, vocal-centered song, so where does that fit into a, like, gun game? Like, what's the context? I'm so curious.
1: I, I don't remember where it is in the game, but honestly, a lot of the music in the game kind of has that vibe, which is the other thing that's interesting and probably another reason that Working Designs wanted to bring it out, because... It's not a common setting for a light gun shooter game because you think of things like Time Crisis or House of the Dead, uh, Jurassic Park. Um, but there's not a lot that are actually in this like uh, what's it called science fantasy? Mm-hmm. I think is what they if, if the official term is kind of setting. So that's the other thing right. interesting yeah, that's interesting about it.
0: Yeah, that's the good. It reminds me of Xenogears, Gears, weirdly enough. This song sounds like something that would be playing, like okay, yeah, in Xenogears Gears or Xeno Saga. Yeah, I could see that.
3: The closest thing that I thought of to this was uh, uh, "Hymn of the Faith" mm. from uh, Final Fantasy X. Yeah, yeah. Yep. There's just this that you know, it's this uh, choral sort of ethereal sound, it kind of could be kind of mournful, but it's more haunting than that but just this extreme weight that I think it carries. Yes. Um,
1: that that's yeah, that's kind of what prompted me to bring it on here. Also because I wanted to bring on something weird, but I do like that it's it's not exactly like scary, but I I like haunting. Haunting's good. I wrote down foreboding. I guess both of those work. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it fits that more yeah, it's int- very
1: ominous ominous yeah
2: it fits that more ominous introspective like there's a twist and oh my god all of a sudden nothing is right
1: <laughs> yes exactly okay good what did you guys think oh I guess you were, we already covered that didn't we
2: mostly I mean I would also <laughs> just add like the minimalistic instrumentation really adds to that kind of foreboding dreary kind of something's coming but it's often it's a little bit still off in the distance or you don't realize it yet Right.
0: It does sound. It sounds a lot like. It sounds a lot like something that you would find at like an altar, or, or a shrine. Like maybe there, like there's a chorus... Like there's literally like a chorus there in the background. So given the, I don't know. Like I said, I don't. I have no context for this game. But just looking at the album art for it, I'm picturing like, I don't know, a kind of like twisted shrine to some kind of technological god. Like almost something out of Warhammer 40k. Like there'd be a lot of skulls and a lot of people in fancy robes. <laughs>
1: Maybe there is glowing techno robes. Glowing techno robes, yeah.
3: It may not be a JRPG, but this definitely feels like lead up to JRPG final boss. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like this, like this would be in like the final dungeon, or or for the mid boss, like the, the priest who's about ready to summon the big right, or right. Exactly. This is the
2: summoning. <laughs>
1: Always with the dark priests.
2: You can't have name Halloween it, without it. dark priests.
1: True.
0: It's it's a stable nine to five. Don't judge.
1: That's true. <laughs> um, speaking of dark priests, that's not a good segue. Wait, is there a dark priest in Vagrant Story?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah kind of. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it, it I mean, works. Probably. Decently. All right,
1: so just the way our songs paired up. Um, In this episode, block three here is basically the Eva block. So both of your songs ended up together.
3: So what do you have? So uh, the first song is uh, the track Rosencrantz from uh, Vagrant Story, uh, composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto, And the second track is The Hunter from the game Bloodborne, and that's done by Ryan Amon great two good tracks all right
1: let's go listen to some vagrant story and some bloodborne
3: So this first track is, is Rosencrantz, and this is around the character Jan Rosencrantz from um, Vagrant Story. And I think to start off with, it's probably fitting that he's nicknamed The Worm in uh, Vagrant Story. And I think that kind of speaks to like how writhing and unclean the song sounds. It's It's a really strange song that it begins with that sound, um, which I couldn't figure out what it was. So I had asked our community and uh, shout out to John Byman, who said that it's probably a Roland XV XV, uh, 5080 synth, which is a favorite of Sakimoto's at the time. Wow. Hmm. And that and, and that synth part is just it's it's like it's drunken. It dances around everything else in the song. It's so it's so untamed and unmanageable and just wild in how it kind of just goes around everything. And Rosencrantz is a character who uh, he projects hatred and that comes back to him. He absolutely abhors the nobility and the nobility hates him in return. And I think the song kind of feels like both of that, uh, like both those sides coming out.
2: Yeah, writhing is a good term, and I, in my notes, I had a lot about those. It's like almost a series of kind of isolated synthrisms that change and kind of cause that, like, winding effect that's so unsettling. I also said that it's a bit industrial, and it also feels kind of horror movie to me a little bit, just that kind of unsettling. The way it starts is almost like this, Quintessential kind of almost stereotypical horror movie, like <laughs> a little bit.
1: I I, I could he- yeah. I could hear that because I I really like when he gets like really industrial with his music. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. lots of vagrant story and uh, Dragon Quarter too. There's a lot of that going on in Dragon Quarter soundtrack, which is why it's one of my favorite Breath of Fire soundtracks. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I didn't have I don't have the context for the character here, so I actually kind of went the the horror movie thing too because I guess it's the synth or just there's something about the song and the way it's playing like I could picture like some big something like lumbering after you in the dark or something, Um, which of course made me realize that I probably should have brought on. whatever that track is, towards the end of Parasite Eve, where you're being chased around the boat. Oh, yes. God. yes, that horrible sensation. Um, so it, this song gave me a little bit of that, which probably is not the right context for it, but again, it, it fits the theme
3: of this episode for sure. I mean, there are, definitely, there are definitely some lumbering things in Vagrant Story, so it's not completely without merit. Okay
0: yeah it's it sounds like almost like you're being chased that would it does sound like chase music like you're being ch- into deeper and deeper into something horrible um and yeah that bass line is like medieval Trent Reznor <laughs> um, <laughs> fantastic I, I wanna heal you like an animal <laughs> but um
2: <laughs> oh, dear.
3: but for real though like it, it is <laughs> I am so sorry i that's okay i've 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 something about goofy that i will tell you later but (laughs) but for but um but yeah for real though like it is
0: it's a very intense piece of music and uh and i I haven't played that far into vagrant story so i don't have the context for it but um yeah no it's
3: definitely gave me some just really eerie unsettling vibes I will always stand vagrant story. I don't think it's Sakimoto's most diverse soundtrack that he's worked on, but God, there is some music in there that just makes you feel deeply, deeply uncomfortable um, in the best possible way.
2: Perfect for spooky. Yes. Yeah, perfect for Halloween. (laughs) Yep.
3: Mm -hmm. And uh, the second track that I have here. I feel like with I feel like with FromSoft games they kind of have a lineage that um, Vagrant Story like they kind of descend from Vagrant Story as well as other games as well as their earlier stuff like the Kingsfield games but The Hunter to me it just sounds like Night on Bald Mountain from Fantasia 75 years later. Oh man. It is just It is overwhelming. It is so burdensome. It is. It's an incredible track. And Ryan Amon, he's only had a few credits. Like, he's worked on the cinematic for Diablo 4 and the film Elysium, but he doesn't have much of a following. And, like, if you're listening to this, go and follow him and listen to his music because he's really good. There's more of kind of like an industrial clamor, like with. The previous track that we had talked about, but I think it's really befitting of its title being The Hunter, um, because, you know, you play as the hunter in Bloodborne, um, but it's not just that you are hunting, you definitely feel that you're being hunted as well. And I think this track really exemplifies that feeling that you get throughout all of Hunter, of Bloodborne, that you're in this hostile environment.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I haven't even played Bloodborne. I, I got that from this song. Mm-hmm. And in, in fact, this this song, listening to it, I was so overwhelmed. I actually didn't come up with any notes because I was too scared.
2: <laughs> I mean, I did it. Yes, um, <laughs> my 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 notes were a lot of. If the last one was a horror movie, this is a slasher film. Ah, section at two minutes where you get chased.
1: <laughs> did you yep. actually write that mm-hmm.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: I mean, that sounds like Bloodborne, honestly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, we're more on from in their really scary environments, unsettling environments later.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, that's that's exactly how I feel when I hear when that choir comes in with the. Ah. Yeah. You know, it. It just, I mean, immediately, it's just like you feel like. There's five million eyes on yeah, you. Yeah, I was looking around. And they're all disem- and they're all disembodied, and you can't tell what exactly is looking at you. And that's how it feels when this track plays, when you're going through a place like Old Yharnam, Um, that you're in this place that you should not be, and you have a purpose to be there. But no matter how good your reasoning is, you should not be there. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Which again, that's very fitting with with Bloodborne's theming of of the of the nightmare, you know, mm-hmm. just the whole concept of the nightmare, and even but even putting that aside too, like on a surface level, Bloodborne has a lot of influence from Bram Stoker and like kind of more classic Halloweeny type monsters, and this sounds like the kind of music you'd find in an old black and white horror movie, mm-hmm. like like I, I could see like Bela Lugosi like. Jumping out at somebody with this plane
3: <laughs> Oh god yeah I wish <laughs>
0: <laughs> It kind of hits both ends of the spectrum Too where, uh, you know where it's just like Bloodborne how Bloodborne starts off as like Uh you know dudes with On the streets with pickaxes and werewolves And de- and monsters And then by the end of it you're dealing with Lovecraftian elder <laughs> gods and horrors Beyond human comprehension Um it uh
1: it fits That uh that evolution Nicely Mm-hmm yeah yeah really good choices alright are we ready for the last block (laughs) the final block alright so block 4 we have a song from Peter and a song from Hillary and go figure Peter brought a song from Final Fantasy 15 I mean are you really surprised at this (laughs) point I'm not but it's a really good pick Peter,
0: this is the seventh time you've brought Final Fantasy XV to class.
1: <laughs> Don't you have anything new for show and tell?
0: This is my husband, Noctis. Um, <laughs> um, but for real, though, my, my pick for this block is An Empire in Ruins from the Final Fantasy XV OST by Yokoshimomura and Shota Nakama. Um, um, my
2: pick... Is a medley um, called Epitaph for Boletaria, and it's some songs from Demon Souls. Ooh, more from. More from All
1: right. From what? No, it's no like no like from from I, software. It's fr- from from a from game.
3: What is what is from software?
2: We, we know that we're. We know <laughs> that this is coming from software.
1: No, no, no. The <laughs> developer is. God, I'm stuck in an endless loop.
2: We've turned this into who's on, who's Mike, on first. Mike, um, who is yes. on first?
1: This cannot yes. continue. This cannot continue. <laughs> this cannot
0: continue. Yes. This cannot abort, continue. abort, abort, abort. <laughs> An Empire in Ruins plays during the Chapter 13 segment of Final Fantasy XV, which, um, it got a lot of flack upon release, and and I I can kind of see why, like, it's a very huge gameplay and tone shift from the rest of the game. At the same time, I also think it's one of the coolest segments of XV, because it straight up turns into a little mini survival horror game all of a sudden. Basically, the gist is you find, um... That the empire, the evil empire, uh, Niflheim, has already fallen behind the scenes, and when you get there, it's just the the ruins of their of Zygnatis Keep, and the hallways are being controlled by these demon possessed magitech troopers that like don't they, they 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 don't have like they're not listening to anybody they don't respond to any masters anymore, um they're just there to like hunt you down and jump scare you. Up. Um, like crazy you have to like hide in lockers and stuff like that
2: survival part Arden's
0: just (laughs) (laughs) are Arden's just constantly taunting you from the uh, over the loudspeakers it's just a really unsettling a really unnerving part of the game and we're like Noctis is all alone and separate from his friends and has to contend on his own with this kind of creepy power set of the, the ring and all that But, um, this music is really unsettling, but it's also very, it also is just, uh, like a lot of 15s music, it's very melody-driven. It's got, um, the main bit is actually the Tenebrae music, I believe, because, um, which foreshadows Ravis' boss fight later on, where Ravis' have, like, half-demon possessed and you have to fight him. So it's very interesting how, like, it kind of plays into that character motif. Uh, so the whole, yeah, and yeah so I really, I really dig this track. I think it's, it's one of my favorite, it's honest to God, as much flack as chapter 13 got, and I am glad they patched it to buff Noctis' powers for that section, so it's a little less tedious. Um, it's still, tone-wise, like, I think it's real a really interesting segment.
2: And it just hit me that that's chapter 13. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <Yep>. <laughs> that was totally not intentional. <laughs> I'm I'm with you on this though. Like when I played when I played Final Fantasy Fifteen. I mean, Peter, you and I have talked about Fifteen a lot <laughs> in, yeah. in our in our in our differing opinions on it. But like, but I'm totally but I'm totally with you on this. Like, this is of the main game. This is like my favorite part of it because um, I think it's such a I think it's such a bold move. And yeah, it felt a bit like playing a Resident Evil game um, in some way. Um, you just had, you know, fewer verbs to work with. Mm-hmm. You get this feeling from the track, and I think it's worked perfectly for it, that there's already been a great amount of devastation. There's been so much upheaval that Noctis has personally gone through, but his horrors and the trials he's uh, going to face have not nearly come close to subsiding yet. And mm-hmm. Shimomura, like, she usually has kind of a playful... Side to even her most uh, terrifying tracks, like even the ones for Parasite yep. Eve, there's there's none of that here, though. And I think it's so, um, I think it's jarring in the best way to hear that.
2: Yeah, that is a really, really good observation. There's, you don't get a crumb, essentially. It's just total, kind of total devastation and really, really tense. And the one instrumental thing that I wanted to bring up that highlighted that is just that really really tight tremolo from the string as it starts off like right from the beginning which
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, I'm gonna have to make the noise but it's it's this sort of like really really rapid moving the bow across the string so sort of like a <laughs> kind of sound
0: <laughs> yes yeah right that, that that's that very like horror movie <laughs> like scare chords yep. you get in like your your you know sinisters and your conjurings and all your the spooky movies the kids are into these days. <laughs> but I also like, um, after the main, you get that main motif a couple times, that, like, low piano kicks in, kind of in the background, like, uh and that that feels uh, more, like, at home with the rest of 15's
2: soundtrack. It does, but it doesn't feel like a reprieve, which is kind of interesting.
0: No, it doesn't, because, like, all fifteen soundtrack, for the most part, is, like, very bombastic and epic, or very like sad and downbeat. Whereas this is just unsettling and nerve wracking, and it's just kind of the the implication you get from this song is that there is no turning back. Like this is this is the end of the road, figuratively and literally,
1: um, for you. Right, right. No, I think that comes through. I besides the survival horror aspect of like this part, I think in general, I I like the visually. I think. 15 did nighttime and the dark areas really, really well. Like, before you get here, just throughout the game, they they make you, like, scared to go out at night. Like, it really is way more dangerous outside. And I think once you get to this point, again, you're in this, it's a different kind of area than the the roads and your red giants ambushing you. But I think this song works really well to enhance that mood of the, the darkness and, like, well i don't know what's around this corner and i'm kind of afraid to turn the corner so it, it it works really well for that yeah no, definitely oh and the fact that
0: you're being chased by like the emperor who's been like turned into a big demon and he's kind of like the nemesis almost like popping out of vents and crap oh, yeah like that's scary too <laughs> like, i think i
1: blocked that from my memories
3: 15 overall just does ruins very well if Anyone's done the mm-hmm. the the Piteos Ruins or Ruins of Pitios uh side content too. <sighs> uh, you, you know
0: what? You, you, I am the here I am, the resident
3: Final Fantasy fifteen
0: apologist. I have played the game for two hundred hours and I never did Piteos. I, I You? I know I know. I didn't want to do platforming with those that game's jumping controls.
3: That's what makes it beautiful. Oh my god, it's so it's so good. Okay, I won't go into it.
0: But. <laughs> I, I I've seen it. I've seen it. Like I think it's really cool aesthetically, and it's like one of the weirdest inclusions. That's again. That's it's stuff like that. It's stuff like this and and Pityas and all that that makes Fifteen special to me. Mm-hmm. Like there's just does it all come together? Not really, but the stuff that really that sticks really sticks. And I feel like if they'd landed the World of Darkness segment maybe a little better, this would have hit all so much stronger. Because as it stands, well, yeah, this is the end of the road and the end of the journey. But literally, I mean, there's only like one more chapter of actual game after this, and it's pretty brief. <laughs> um, right. Maybe, yeah, But, um, but all, all, all that being aside, uh, Empire and Ruins, really oppressive, really spooky trap.
1: Speaking of spooky tracks... Yeah,
2: speaking of, well, ruined places. Ruined places,
1: yes, that's a better segue. I
2: I like how we have this...
3: this,
2: (laughs) I like how we have these... They they kind of fit together in an odd way, because if you want to talk about places that you don't really want to wander around in, is probably one of them. It's full of demons, and you'll be in a fruitless race to collect souls, but... This this song is kind of cool, and one of the things that I that was always really unsettling to me about Demon Souls is the Nexus and the Maiden in Black, because there's sort of this veneer of that you do have a safe space, but do you really?
0: You can ruin it totally yeah. if, you, if you talk to the wrong NPC and you get that uh-huh. that one guy back. Like it will quickly become your only refuge will become tainted. Exactly. Well, that's depressing.
2: Yeah, but it's mm-hmm. I don't know. I, th-
0: it's it's the Silent Hill for the room of, <laughs> of, of Demons, of, of Souls. It <laughs> is,
2: and I love how that music kind of exemplifies that so much. It's like, maybe there's something there, but it, it's a thin thread, like maybe even a veneer, and even that's not quite safe, maybe.
0: It, it kind of gives you the sense that despite everything that's happening, even though this is ostensibly your home base... What's happened to you is unnatural. Yes. Um, like you, you should be dead. Right. Everyone here should be dead, Incl- this... including
2: the maiden in black. Who, if you attack,
0: including the maiden in black, like this is an <laughs> a, this is an ab, it, is, it is an aberration against nature. And
2: she will apologize um, actually if you try to attack her. She'll be like, "Oh, sorry, I can't die." It's,
0: it's, like, <laughs> it's like 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 bro, bro. <laughs> I get it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so, so this is a blend of three songs that kind of exemplify that. And I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead.
3: Oh, oh um, I, I think it really, um, I think it really captures just, there's this term that I saw at first used to describe a Beach Boys album, <laughs> but it, it was crumbling majesty. Um, and I think that fits Boletaria. So well, it's this place that you don't. There are all these little slivers of hope. There are characters who you come across who you think may have some good in them. They may have some sort of light to them, and mm-hmm. maybe they do. But by the end of the game, you're not so convinced. Um, yeah, I won't spoil the end of the game and such. But there's an there's an overwhelming sense of guilt that. Kind of subdues and puts into submission any sort of hope <laughs> that's in that's in Demon Souls, um, and I think this you know, epitaph for Boletaria captures that so well.
2: Right, yeah, it's it's almost kind of an entropy to it, actually. Yeah. Like you can have these moments, but there's just kind of this slide into the inevitable going on. And I think the way this the song uses silence, the original Maiden in Black song, and this medley. There are just these pauses, and it's not totally stagnant because you've got that strings kind of constantly doing the in the background, but yeah.
1: I um, I, I know you were you were torn between this and another song.
2: Yes, I I really wanted to bring some Shadow Hearts.
1: Yeah, and and I did encourage this one, although I was I was a little conflicted because as despite everything else you guys said, there are still parts of this arrangement that are actually really pretty. Yes. Even though it's also sad and, like...
0: Yeah, there's kind of a... There's a there is a ruined... There is mm-hmm. kind of a beauty to the whole thing. Yeah. Like, this is this edifice was once grand and spectacular, and even though it's fallen away, um, you can still see kind of the shadow of what it used to be. And that's, yeah, Boletaria in a nutshell, yep. you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, well, then I guess that works then, huh? Okay, are are we feeling like we got our our fill of scary music?
3: Never, <laughs> never. No. There's okay. still there's still Always. nine more days, and I'm going to stuff my ears with candy corn and put jack o' lanterns up my nose. Okay, <laughs> excellent. I mean, I, I'm I'd like to see how that's going to work out. I'll Although
1: I will so, I. I will support putting candy corn there versus your mouth
3: because no one should eat that. I love candy corn. Uh
1: No, no, you
3: don't. (laughs) Don't tell tell me what I love. I love candy corn. It is great. It is a waxy, disgusting thing that I love eating around this time of year.
1: Okay. As as long as you admit you you can like it. I'm not saying you don't like it, but you're still admitting it's disgusting. Of course it's disgusting. Okay. Okay. That's fine. All right.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: It's me. I, I I admit if it's there and in front of me, I will I will end up eating a piece or two and then half regretting it because I'm like, well, wait, yeah, do I
3: like... like it
1: or do I not? I'm like,
3: eh. yes, you do. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> when I when I was when I was a kid, I went on. I, I used to get sick every Halloween. It was like three years in a row. It it really sucked because I had some cool costumes picked out. And a little Mister Potato Head, but um, but I just associate candy corn with being
1: sick as a well, child. Yeah, like, once
2: yeah, you have that association, it's hard.
1: Oh yeah. But I, am I the only one that pictured adult Peter dressed as Mister <laughs> Potato Head
3: right now? No. Oh my God, okay. that'd be so good. Oh
1: yes,
0: honestly. What, 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 next next E three, let's make this yes.
3: A... All right, <laughs> all right.
1: Good. I'm not sure how that fits with Halloween, but.
3: We're all just gonna we're all just gonna cosplay a uh, Toy Story.
0: It says Halloween isn't a time of year. Halloween
1: is a state of mind. Okay,
3: that's fair. That's fair. Yep.
2: I will say that we we covered several different modes of like spooky and unsettling music. I feel so. I think it's been a good sampling. I think so. Yeah.
1: Now there, there's one there's one aspect we didn't cover yet though, in our Halloween music. Uh uh-huh. oh. And that is my bonus track. But I can't talk about it yet, because I have to actually do my end-of-the-show spiel. Um, okay, so this was episode 56. As far as I know, we're releasing this right around or on Halloween. So I don't remember how this plays out. But at some point after this episode, and then week or two after this, we have episode 57, which is going to be an... Anniversary special for Final Fantasy IX because Final Fantasy IX turns twenty. Yeah, I think it's I think it turns twenty for like its its Western release. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to celebrate that because we haven't had a whole lot of Final Fantasy IX on Rhythm Encounter, and we figured that was a good time to change that. So look forward to that. If you liked what you heard today, if you have ideas for future shows or topics, or just general feedback, and you want to tell three of us today how good their uh, music choices were, you can email us at music at rpgfan.com Remember, if you want to check out any of the songs in this episode, the track list should be in your podcast description, but it will also be on, we have a post on rpgfan.com and that will include places that you can listen to the different albums or buy them if they're available. I know this week there's a few that aren't. I have no idea where you can get the soundtrack for Elemental Gear Bolt, but Anything that we can share and find links to, so you can buy, stream, or whatever, uh, will be on the post. And then if you want to contact each of us individually, for me, usually the best way is just email. Uh, so I'm at mike at rpgfan.com. And then Hillary, how can people
3: get in touch with you?
2: Email's the best way for me to a at rpgfan.com.
3: Okay. Uh Eva. You can find me on RPG Fan social media accounts, um, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram mostly as at EVA underscore L E E S.
1: Awesome. And
3: Peter.
0: Um, as usual, you can find me at I Have Fury on the health site known as Twitter. You can also email me, petert at rpgfan.com.
1: All right. Sounds good. So. Two more things, and then we'll get to the scary final track here. If you enjoyed this show and you want to know about our other podcasts, make sure you also check out RPG Fan's uh, Random Encounter and... What's the other one? Retro Encounter podcast as well. So, Random Encounter comes out every two weeks. It's our kind of general RPG show. Retro Encounter comes out every week, and we do game journals and other topics in between. So, mostly with some kind of retro slant to it so that's always a good time and i think most of the people on this episode right now frequently appear on retro encounter as well yes
2: i'm being stared at
1: well you know you all do you've all made some really great appearances on retro encounter so i'm just trying to plug that
3: oh thanks
1: um yeah thank you so and then lastly again if you like the show like if you want to rate and review us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and what have you, we would appreciate it and that's about it so the one thing that we did not cover in terms of scary music on our Halloween episode is scary Christmas music so my final track here is, is scary in a different way than everyone else's I don't know who here knows about the Christmas event from Final Fantasy 14 last year or was it the year before? I don't know, which every year had the choir, where you actually had to, like, direct a choir of singers. And it was kind of a a very light, like, rhythm game where you had to, like, time your button presses right. If you did it wrong, you got this horrible off-key choir that still haunts my dreams. And I'm so happy that on one of the soundtracks for 14, they did include the song, As It Should Be Heard, and the bad version of the song.
2: And what's that called? Yes.
1: Um, so the... Oh shoot, what's, what's the good version called?
2: Isn't it just Starlight Starbright?
1: I think it's Starlight Starbright or something like that. The bad version that we're going to listen to here is called Starlight Not Right.
2: And it is very not right. It, it is I know not what you're right. talking about. It's the horror of terrible off-key music.
1: Yes. It, it, it doesn't scare me in the way that all of these other tracks do, but there's something about it that... I don't want to have to listen to this, but all of you should stick around and listen to it. So thank you.
0: How can we say no to an endorsement like that? Well, I know, I know. Well, I
1: mean, you have to at least be curious. Now put it directly in my ears. (laughs) It's not candy corn. (laughs) All right. So we're going to close out with starlight. Not right. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye.
3: I started looking it up, oh my god. (laughs)